All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. And away we go for the Monday edition presented by Botano. It's Nick Alberga and guest co-host Carter Hudson. What's going on, Hudson? How are you, buddy? I'm good, my man. How are you doing? You survived the weekend. You watched a little Heritage Classic last night. I, I was, I was, and uh, I don't know, it was a pretty sobering weekend, I won't lie, with the whole Adam Johnson story, and I, I really wanted to start there, because it really, really puts life into perspective, and yeah, we'll get to the Heritage Classic, we'll get to the Maple Leafs, but I mean, you played pro hockey, anybody who's played hockey, you go on the ice for some fun, I know it's a professional sport, and these are athletes, and you're getting paid to do the job, but never my wildest dreams, anytime I go on the ice, to expect not to leave it with my life, like it, it really, really... It really got me, man. Like this Adam Johnson story is nuts. Uh, I know. It's so sad. It's it's something that, you know, you step on the ice. It's just a game we played as kids, right? And, uh, you know, you get to a level where there's so much stuff going on. And the game happens so fast. It comes at you. And uh, it's hard to put into words. I can't imagine what his family's dealing with, what his friends, his teammates, the other team. Um, you know, it's something you, you never think's going to happen. But it just kind of opens your eyes to, you know, what can happen on a hockey rink. And it's it's very scary. And of course, it started this whole conversation about neck guards. I'm curious to get sort of your opinion because it's like one of those things where there are things at the pro level they don't want to do because it sort of takes away from like seeing the player and stuff like that. But this seems like a no brainer. Like uh, right away, I hear the story and I think Clinton Malarchuk all those years back who was lucky to have and, and have his life after everything that took place there. And to me, I just think it's an easy yes, no? I think so too, right? I know players are stubborn, right? They like things yeah. a certain way and they want that. And I would always have this argument with people. 
being an NHL goalie, people would always be like, you're crazy. You're crazy. How are you the goalie? And I would be like, I'm the most protected person on the rink. True. Like no, no one's engaging with me. Like, unless it's an accident, you can't hit the goalie. I'm watching the puck the whole time. Nobody's cross-checking me from behind. You think of like these D-man or net front guys that are getting cross-checked while the slap shot's coming and they're eating it in the face and skates are flying everywhere in pileups. And it's honestly scary. I was playing with Alex Stalock in Worcester when he got stepped on. Um, Jeez. And it was crazy. We thought he hurt his knee. We had no idea. And he ended up getting stepped on behind his leg. Dwight King, with uh, he was in Manchester at the time. And they had to heal saw the uh fix the nerve together and it healed like one day at a time he missed a whole year like never thought he'd play again and obviously he's gone on to get back to the nhl but very scary very humbling i remember after that fact i started wearing uh the cut proof socks and pants just because there's so much more to life than just hockey right oh exactly it and it, it just to me that's what gets me is like this guy had a family and stuff like that and like people who loved him and all that former teammates like just pouring in and to think that Something as freak as that, like I don't even know the percentage points of that ever happening, and for it to a happen and b for actually it to cost him his life. I mean, it, it to me it really really put it into perspective. And then right away it's like, so what could have been done to prevent this? Now it's just this world too. But you know, I've been reading online that the, you know the person whose skate it happened with is getting like threats and stuff like that, which is so twenty twenty three. Like you don't this you don't think this guy's going through a miserable time to begin with. You think he meant to do that? Obviously not. Like it just there just so many ways that we can make a positive of this whole situation if you can. And it's like people are going negative right away. You know, I know, and that's that's just the culture right now, right? It's it's yeah. tough. I think the main thing is like being aware of what happened and, and then what can we do to change it moving forward? Right. How can we help the next generation? Or like, I think yeah. think of my kids going to play hockey. Right. And like, it's her hockey, a puck goes in the corner. There's six kids piling up their step and they don't even understand what their skate blades can do at this point. Right. So it's, yeah, it's scary. Like just try to learn from it. I think just as a hockey culture in general. Yeah. So I, you know, I appreciate you sort of, talking about it a bit because i want to talk about it a bit off the show i know it sort of went a different direction after you brought up the heritage classic but i just uh, i thought it was so important just to bring it up right and bring light of it and and focus on that first because that 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 trumps everything life trumps everything folks like it's one thing where like people try to chirp me about like a team i love or like the sport i play or whatever like it, it just it really really puts life into perspective that there's more to life than just hockey and then you see somebody pass away playing the game they love and I won't lie, it really hit me. It's a t- it's a tough transition, but would you think of of the Heritage Classic? Obviously, the Oilers and the Flames, two teams who really needed two points. Uh, I want to see the Leafs in another game, by the way. Yeah, it'd be nice. You know, I, I got to play in a Winter Classic uh, in St. Louis. It was just a, the experience all around. It almost like not to sound hard done by, but like you get in the lull of the NHL season and it's just another game, another game, another game. And there's easy ways to like check out, right? Where you get a game like that, where you have the biggest stars in the world, right? You have like Dreisaitl and McDavid and you have these powerhouses, like even the Leafs lineup. Imagine seeing them get to see the Leafs right now outside with all the star studded players they have. So it was good. I, I, it was nice having McDavid in it. Obviously he's just such an X factor. And, uh, you know, I thought it was all oils there for a while. I thought Markstrom played pretty well. Um, Skinner still doesn't like he played well, but it just doesn't look like the same Skinner that I saw last year uh, down the stretch. And I think he's going to have to try to find his game. But obviously, it was a you know a fun game for sure to watch. I watch these games just more so for what the goalies are going to wear, man. I'm not even a goalie, and like uh, th- those skin the Skinner's gear yesterday was incredible, man. Like, so would those be sleeves or those custom made? It's like custom made now. So they like have graphic okay. design where you can just buzz it up on the computer. Bauer kind of started doing it first. Um, 
when he, when it used to be CCM, um, it, CCM used to be like a stock design. It was like different grids. So it was one to 10, and then you could pick different colors from one to 10. And then Bauer started doing the screen printing where you could design whatever you wanted. Um, so it's gone through the roof and I love the look of that. Um, I also love Markstrom's helmets. He's got this painter that is so detailed, even like the straps where like, normally it's just like this normal material strap. He's got those designed. He's got the, the cage painted with the design. He does such a cool job. And I love the, you know, Markstrom's coming in all tatted up in the overalls and he just yeah. he like kind of, I, I've, I've partied with Marky a few times. He's a good man. And the helmets are so cool. He does, his guy does such a great job. I remember we, I, I interviewed Markstrom, like maybe like, I want to say a decade ago. He's a big soccer fan, right? Yeah, he's a nut, soccer nut. Because I remember, I think he was still in the AHL. It was, when, it was when I was with NHL Network Radio and I got him on and we just started randomly talking about soccer and like Swedish soccer. And like he was really, I think it was like when Zlatan Ibrahimovic was like a big time player that like he used to love that guy. But like, I remember he was just really, really down to earth. And you're going to get that from most most guys, uh, as you know, in the NHL. But I thought all, all in all, it was a good game. The, the team that deserved the two points got the two points. And um, certainly there's a lot of room to grow for the Calgary Flames moving forward this season. Um, I know you had a chance to do an alumni event the other day, right? With the Leafs. I did. Yes. Well, I did. Uh, they do an Easter Seals charity game here and there's a bunch of alumni in. Uh, we had, uh, Dougie Gilmore, Wendell Clark, Rick Vive, Dave Elliott, um, a bunch of guys. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. Uh, Andre Wall was there. He was uh, nice. n- number one pick. Cause I think everyone just wants to hear his stories. He doesn't hold back no matter where he is. Uh, I sat with Todd Gill on stage there. I sent you a pic. It was, uh, quite the lineup so it was uh, it was a lot of fun for sure yeah i'm like fuck huts do something to get these guys on our show because we know leafs alumni actually don't like coming on this show at least <laughs> leafs alumni you come on you and rosie come on which is uh it's great to see you know i thought that was cool like andre why i actually met him at a bar randomly like two years ago and just shot the shit he was with ally afraidy at this yeah, bar i go to and i'm like what a legend absolute legends I know. Crazy. I afraid he was there and his skate like literally looks like he has water skis on like his feet are so <laughs> big and he has that old Jofa bucket. He just looks like an absolute bender, but like such more of a man than I am. Like even just like shaking his hand. I was like, this guy could just crush me in two seconds. I felt like such a wuss. I was like, this is insane. And, and the stories I was getting introduced in there to bug and uh, Gilmore and Clark were in front, in front of me and I was about to get introduced and they're like making fun of Rick Vibe because they're like, all he wants to do is score in these games because I guess they track the alumni okay. booster games, how many goals they have. So they're telling Dougie Gilmore, I guess, just got sick of it and started passing it in his feet, like messing with him. So he'd come to the bench every time and be like, Dougie, what the hell? Hit my stick. Hit me on the tape. And they're loving it, just giving him a hard time. So I was uh, I was just like a kid in the candy store, right? Like, especially the guys that came before me, right? You look up to them. It's a different feel than, you know, I've been around Kane and Eichel and all these stars. And it's just not the same. They're just like my peers. These old guys are like the legends, you know? Absolute legends, and I'm sure years from now I'll be talking about some of these current Maple Leafs players, and they'll be alumnus and alumnus, excuse me, and playing games like this too. So that's really, really cool. I wanted to bring that up here because you told me you were at that uh, over the weekend at the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube at the Leafs Nation 401. Here, if you're watching or not subscribed, please help us out. Search Leafs Morning Take as well wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll pop right up. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer. Thanks to DoorDash, you don't have to worry about cooking dinner or running to the store anymore. For a limited time, our listeners slash viewers can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. That's NATION25. Reminder, it's all uppercase and NATION25. Please note the offer is currently only valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms apply. So one of your former teams 
at home against the Maple Leafs to wrap up this five-game road trip, take care of business. We all knew Ryan O'Reilly was going to do something in that game. Scores two goals, does the factor, and Roman Yossi wins it in OT. What was your read on that one? You know, I I, I don't like the OT goal. Um, not necessarily from a goalie standpoint. He right, he walks right down Broadway, but just the I know the mishap at the bench, right? Brody's jumping to try to change, or, or sorry, uh, Riley I think was jumping to change, and Matthews yeah. has the puck. It's just Matthews been on the ice for like two minutes in his zone the whole time he's beat. It's one of those ones like live the fight again. Just get rid of the puck, dump it in, throw it in the stands, do anything. And he's trying to make a cute play and it comes back to bite him. And even on the back check, he's so dogged out. Like he can't get there. I feel like that one was frustrating for me to watch the play. Like just make the simple play at that point. I know you're a superstar. I know you get paid the big money to make it, but you've been in the ice for two minutes. Um, that one's stunk to me, but you know, getting a point, it's a tough game. You're going in Saturday night in Nashville. They're buzzing. UC Soros is going to UC Soros, oh. right? He's the people's goalie, man. It's fun to watch. I, that's why I had to get the hell out of Nashville. Cause I would have still been sitting on the bench if, if I would have stuck around with that guy. Oh, it's crazy with that team too. So they go from Rene to Soros, and then they got Askarov now, right? Stewing away in the eight. Like, I don't know what it is about them with defensemen and goaltenders, but they find their guys, and they're there for like 15 years. I know, yeah. You think of Pekka, right? You see, I remember when I was in, I was negotiating contract. If I was going to stay, they were trying to sign me, and I wanted a two-year deal because I had played well. I was like, I want a two-year deal. I just wanted the security, right? I wanted yeah. the term. And they were like, we're only going to give you one because UC's coming, and and then finally, they were kind of contemplating if they'd give me two. And I remember having a conversation with the goalie coach. And he was like, if you get a two-year deal after one year, like you're toast. Because UC's like that good. And literally, I was like, this is my coach telling me this. I'm like, I got to get yeah. the hell out. Yeah, I was like, the writing was on the wall. I remember skating with him in training camp. And I'm like a street hockey goalie in a sense, right? I'm, I am I play off feel and read. And he's just a little robot, like perfect. I, I was embarrassing doing drills with him because I looked like I was from the, the junior A league out of Thunder Bay. <laughs> <laughs> no, naturally, I wanted to bring that up anyway, since, I mean, you're a former goalie and you are a goalie. Just watching that game over the weekend, just the confidence that Nashville plays with, knowing that UC Saros is behind them. Like, I, I didn't think he, like, stood on his head spectacular, but he makes so many saves that you should make on a nightly basis. And I think it it helped Nashville stay in that game. Like, I, I think all in all, the Leafs played pretty decent. Um, they probably could have won that game, but... They just got those saves when you need them. And it's all about the timing of the saves, right? Yeah, for sure. I like I, I go over that lots of people about goaltending. It's like, it's not how many you make. It's like the time. The There's certain times in games where you just need that big save and it sets the tone. If you give it up at the wrong time and he does that, he does that night in, night out. He gives them a chance to win. And, and I thought, I didn't think Samsonov was bad at all in the game. I just... Like the first one's like, you view it from a standpoint, it goes through him, right? It goes underneath him, O'Reilly walks out. But if you watch it, he like fans on it. And those are like the worst plays. Like he's trying to roof it. It kind of comes off and, and you like think it's going high and it messes you up. So I think moving forward, like with those games, it's like, those are the games that you have to try to find a way to win because they're going to be fragile games. There's going to be times where it's, you need the right save. It just can't all be smooth sailing for the Leafs, you know, moving forward. Those are playoff games. It had me think of my brother, like he hates, like he plays beer league hockey, like sea level and he'll play like in a shitty league, like with me and he'll let goals that he shouldn't let in and it drives him nuts. Right. But I think that's a perfect breakdown because again, right away I see that goal go in and people are like, Oh, he went five hole. But if you watch it really closely, as you mentioned, like O'Reilly was trying to go shelf with that. Right. And it makes it harder to stop as a goalie. Oh yeah. And it's all about like, 
I, I, when I talk with young kids or goalies or anyone, it's like deceptiveness, like how deceptive yeah. you can be. Like you see all these young guys that are goal scorers. Now they're using like 60, 70 flux sticks and the sticks are like just whippy and you don't know where it's going, where the old school way was like hundred, 110 flex. Like you're strong, you shoot it hard, but there's no deception. It's like, if I know where it's going, I'm going to save it. And there's a few guys I played with that had those like sneaky fake shots. Like Logan Couture is a great one. Great example. He scores so many five hole goals, even a shootout move. He'll come in and he'll open his blade. Like he's going to go high and you get that goalie just to freeze. Cause we can't go down early. And then he, and he just closes his blade quick and it's five hole. And then you, you're standing there feeling like an absolute idiot. Yeah, I know pretty much. Uh, and it happens a lot. I mean, as a goalie and, and that's the thing that the most important part about a goaltender is their response. Right. And uh, we're going to get to the crease conversation in mere moments, but Ryan O'Reilly, like dude, he's such a gamer. I was so, we were both so Jack, me and Rosie when they picked up Ryan O'Reilly from the St. Louis blues. And I know he's taken some heat in this market since leaving, going to Nashville, but sometimes it's built for these guys. And sometimes it's not like, he just seems like a guy who didn't want to be in the spotlight and, and has made it abundantly clear. And now he's in Nashville. He's their first line center. He loves country music. Like it's a perfect fit. The tax situation. There's a lot of pros and reasons why he chose Nashville over Toronto among other places. Yeah, I know. And that's, that always goes back to like the personal situation, right? Everybody's got a different motive, right? I remember going through free agency when I left Buffalo and, and, or when I left St. Louis to go to Buffalo. You went to like, Buffalo huts. You went I know, but because I wanted a chance to be the guy, right? I wanted yeah. to like at least throw my hat in the ring and not go out, like be retired and not be like, oh, I took the, the safe road, right? But in that yeah. same sense, when you looked at different cities, right? Like some people aren't cut out for the bright lights, right? They don't enjoy mm -hmm. that. Like, you know, like Ryan O'Reilly's not going to the grocery store, though people know who he is. Where in Nashville, he might be able to get away with that. Not as much anymore, because I remember when we used to go out in Nashville, the only guys that got noticed was Shea Weber, Pekka Rennie, and Mike Fisher, right? I could be like, I can do whatever, you can do whatever you wanted. And I've had numerous stories of guys like David Lagwan, Numerous times I was told he would have went to jail if he was in other markets the way this guy used to party. So it's it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice factor to know you're not like no matter where you go you don't have to look over your shoulder like who's worried about me right? You fucking animals, dude! I was there in Nashville uh, for the draft. Hattie B's. I'm sure you went to that spot a couple of times. I had the hottest chicken you can have there, dude, and I I like my spice. It, it got me pretty good. I well I was like tearing. Yeah, that southern food. You get all that spice and chicken. It. it, it can run you right that's uh that's high maintenance and you got to be careful and uh but they it's a that city's growing it's booming it's it's such a good place though oh it's so good like i always like i don't know i, I was gonna say i don't know about you but you played in the league like i always think if i played in the national league like where would i want to play and for a lot of reasons nashville would be like near the top of my list not that i'd be afraid of like the limelight but it just has everything the food the culture the women like um the arena the the crowd like there's a for anybody, anybody in the chat who's been at Bridgestone, you can you can speak to this and how amazing it is to watch a hockey game there. I remember when a couple of years ago, and I think I told you this story, I actually met Carrie Underwood. It was when Mike Fisher was on the team and she was like so accessible and I couldn't believe this. Whereas like you go to Scotiabank Arena, there's no way you're even getting close sniffing around these celebrities. Yeah, I know. It's different. I think like for me, I always felt it was, there was always stars around in Nashville. So it was like the people that come from Nashville is just like, no big deal. That's just yeah. Gary Underwood. That's just, I remember exactly. Luke Bryan always like driving. I always laugh because Luke Bryan, there was like the recording studio under the rink and he'd come down and he'd be driving like this, like Ferrari sports car with like a lap dog. And I was like, but man, every, every one of your songs, like you're in an F-150 with a golden retriever. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just such a different life, but they're like, people are approachable. Even the, like Mike's, Mike's a good friend. I played with him for three years and 
they were so down to earth and they like hated the lifestyle. Right. I'm sure he yeah. didn't like, didn't hate the hundred million she made a year, but you know, they True. don't, you know, going anywhere. Couldn't, they couldn't be themselves. He's just like a small town Canadian kid. He likes hunting and fishing. And it honestly is uh, it's a great place to be. It's kind of got it all. And I honestly don't think there's an NHL arena in my sense outside of Vegas, where you leave Bridgestone, you're right on it. Like you're in it. Oh. Like you walk out the doors. There's not a better place to just get after it before, or after the whole event. I had a good time with the draft. All Dean's. I think Tootsie's is way overrated. You played there. I, All Dean's, this spot is just, oh, goodness. Multiple floors of action. You're wheeling and dealing. There's a dance, like whatever you want. You want a patio. It just, I really, really liked it there. And I understand why a guy like Ryan O'Reilly went there. Not to say that he's out partying, he's married and stuff like that. But Luke Shen goes there too. It's unfortunate we didn't see him over the weekend. He's banged up. But all in all, I reference it. Like, I, you know, we always like to talk in moderations in the hockey world, a five game sort of sample size. They go three, one and one on this road trip. I, they, Sheldon Keefe will take that. Like that, that's pretty damn good. No. Yeah. That's a great road trip. And I, I mentioned it before and I've talked about it a bit. Sometimes road trips are where you get it, where it gets going. You, you get on the road and you're, you're not at home. You're, you're going out for dinner with the guys. You're around the team. You start to gel and, and you're out of the fishbowl. Like you, you're not. Yeah. You know, you, it's great playing in Toronto when things are going good, right? And if it's not, you're off to a bad start. There's there's so many different storylines that you're exposed to. And and it's nice to just get on the road, right? Like training camp's been crazy. You're kind of decompress a bit. It's just, it's nice. And I, I think they took it full advantage of it. And it looks like they got their swagger going here. Well, the thing in this market today, and again, I, I understand it's like quiet sometimes, but like the last couple of days, there's been a lot surfacing on Mitch Marner and his slow start. I think he's got like seven points in eight games, but <laughs> it just it just speaks to the pressure of playing in this market. And we just talked about it with Ryan O'Reilly. Some players don't want that smoke. And dude, I totally accept it and respect it. Uh, you know, I've worked in this market for like 12 years. You can't wake up any day without having a story about the Leafs in some capacity, whether it's positive or negative. And some guys just don't want that. Yeah, I, I agree. It's tough. And, and I honestly, I always say that about my career when I, you know, cut my teeth, came in with the Hawks and was got exposed to the NHL a bunch in my years for San Jose. And then when I was a full-time guy, I went to Nashville. And I always say, like, imagine I would have started in Toronto. Like that first that first year Rene got hurt, he had like a staph infection in his hip and I ended up playing 40 games. And I ended up with like 20 wins, 13 losses or something like that. I, I had a, it was my, I'm my, I'm here in the NHL, my statement. But like, imagine, yeah. imagine i would have did that in toronto imagine i went up to toronto and the guy got hurt and then it was my like how would have been different the dynamic of the pressure because i didn't it didn't start well i struggled it was back and forth i was fighting with a kid from the american league for the job and then you start thinking about the pressure now i'm like how do i control that that was when social media was just getting started i didn't know how to handle it to block it out uh, so i think being in that market helped me become an nhler as well too right like where people would come to the game and they'd enjoy the preds they'd win or lose, everyone's just getting drunk, right? That was like the main goal down there where Toronto, it's a lot different. So I think for me, it helped me. It's different. Some of those superstars can deal with it where for me, I think it was great to gradually grow into who I was as a controller there. And I don't know who needs to hear this. Mitch Marner is going to be okay. He, he, he <laughs> really is going to be okay. I know the conversation seems to be about the sputtering first line for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Something tells me they're going to find their way along the way. Um, I want to get your thoughts on on the crease conversation. I, know th- I think the last show we had you was back in Early October, a lot has passed, obviously, since then. Joseph Wool continues to grab that crease, but what's been your early read on things? Samsonov just looks clunky to me right now. It's just not as smooth as it was last year. Um, 
you know, I know, I don't know where his fitness is at. I know it's always kind of a slow burn with him. Right. And that's something that's been his mark since he kind of got shipped out of Washington. And, uh, and I can't say enough about Joseph Hall right now. This kid is the future. Um, you know, (laughs) team USA is looking good with guys like him and Ottinger down the pipeline. Um, I just love the way he's like his poise, his demeanor, even when he talked to him and I getting to know him when I was with the lease a little bit, it's like, he's so mature beyond his years. Um, like I felt like I would go to the bench sometimes during a game and I would be like, like just fire, like wound so tight and you watch him and he's just like ice cold, no matter what's going, it's just like, he's got ice going through his veins and it's impressive, especially like the Tampa game is like a big one for me. Right. He gets the start against the Hawks at home. It's kind of a trap game, right? Like you, the Hawks are still on the road trip. They're buzzing. You know, they win the big Saturday night game. The night boys get the night off. Then you got to play the Hawks and, you know, whatever it is. And it was not like he was bad by any means. Then he comes off the bench and, and he's lights out. He makes a ton of big saves when it's 3 nothing, and the team gets going. It's almost like that. It's like a shot of confidence they needed when he got in there. And then he just rolls that right into Washington. He was unbelievable in that game. And I was joking with a buddy there. He he got he gave up one to Ovi, but I'm like, Ovi got nine on me, so I can't be judging him too bad. Oh, I, again, I'm with you. Like, he's just so calm, cool, and collected. We just talked about guys who are cut for the market, some who are not. And I, it's tough to find a goalie like that. And I, I, I know it was so unjust and unfair, but the comparisons last week, Max Domi laid upon him, like Carey Price, Ottinger was thrown out there. But, I mean, you've been around the guy, and I think you can speak to that even as a former goaltender, like how calm, cool, and collected this guy truly is and how quiet his game is, right? Yeah, I agree. It's He's so efficient, right? Like, he just doesn't overmove plays. He manages his depth well, and, he, like, he's going to give himself the best chance on every save. And he has that, like, second save ability. He has the athleticism, yeah. but where, like, when I played, I was the opposite. I was moving around a million miles an hour, and I had to learn how to slow it down. He's already got so many good traits that are going to just grow and grow and grow with his confidence, but... I'm also a big fan of like the what the Leafs did with him to start. Like they let him mature. They didn't rush him, which is so important. I I look at like UPL for the Sabres getting yeah. a shutout yesterday. Everyone's like, oh, he got a he got a shutout. Like he's he's so young still. Like these kids get thrown in, and I, I get it's a young guy's league, but goaltending is a different animal, right? Like you need to have the headspace to be able to make the jump to the NHL because it's you see it sneak away on guys when even like Jake Allen's a perfect example. He was anointed the guy in St. Louis and not that he didn't have a great career in St. Louis by any means, but he faltered. I kind of took over then after that Bennington took over and he got out of that market and it's been like good for him, right? Like sometimes you get anointed as the guy in a market that's, it's heavy. And I think they've done a good job of letting him grow into who he is in the minors. And now he like made a big step last year and now it's his time to keep pushing and run with it. And I don't think he's taken the job by any means. Like Samsonoff is still really good, but you need a 1A, 1B in this league. And you look at the Bruins, what they have going, I, I think you can get something similar out of this. Well, you need a tandem. Like, that's exactly it. So we all want to pile on Joseph Wool, and it's a great story and all that. But, like, I, I think it's, it's, it's... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's more of a bigger conversation to get Samsonov right because this team ain't going nowhere if Samsonov can't figure this out, right? Like Joseph Ball, I mean, he can't play every game. It's just the nature of analytics and the business and everything now. And he's a young guy getting his feet wet in this league. So, like, that's the big story for me. How do you get Samsonov right? Like, what kind of what what kind of things can they do? Is it one of those things where it's early on in the season and you're not really worried about it? Like, I wouldn't be totally worried about it yet. He still played some good hockey. I think structurally it's got to get better for the Leafs too as well, right? They do give up yeah, a lot. And true. I think just good examples would be like, if you're looking at last year's league, you have Bobrovsky in Florida, right? He's non-existent. Lion kind of gets them into the playoffs and then he finds time to get his game. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side of it, it's like, when you talk about if Joseph Wall is going to get more games and you look at Edmonton, it's like, Jack Campbell was so unserviceable at the end of the year. They had to play Stuart Skinner every game. Cause like, it's sure. like Campbell's going to, and then all of a sudden you get to the playoffs and this guy's got no juice left. Like he was totally to- like done. And then Vegas, it's a goalie carousel. Like you can never have, it's such a weird thing. Goaltending is such a weird dynamic. And the more goalies you have, the better. I think that's the one thing we've learned is cause then it's, you get to the Vegas thing where it's like your all-star goalie, Logan Thompson's out. LeBrissot gets hurt. And then all of a sudden Aiden Hill comes in and now Aiden Hill's like the guy there. So it's, it's, it's such a changing dynamic and every year it's like a new storyline. Such a volatile position, right? That's the word I always like to use where it's like, you don't know what's going to have on a yearly basis. Like Jonas Johansson, I've ripped this guy to shreds throughout his career. Statistically, he's the worst goaltender in the league and has been since he came into the league. And then all of a sudden look at his numbers. I think he's sitting at like a 2.48 and a nine twenty sit like around there. Like it's, it's crazy. And I think a lot of it obviously is system. John Cooper is an impeccable coach and all that, but like it's such a volatile position. I think similar to like the NFL and running backs, you don't know what you're going to get every year. And, and that's the amazing thing about the crease. I know it is nuts. And even JJ, like I, I was with him in Buffalo and he was a, he's a great athlete, right? Like he can get around the crease, he can move, but like when you start just the raw genetics, the hands, the hand eye, it was like so poor, right? Like yeah. not to knock him. Like he just wasn't an True NHL though. groom. It was, he's just not NHL groom. Right. And like yeah. every time you see a goalie that's not ready, you'd be like, man, this guy is one of them, but he constantly would work hard. Like first guy on first guy off in the gym and he's grown into it. And I'm happy for him. Cause he's a good guy. Right. And it just shows mm-hmm. you he's 28 years old. Like UPL what's UPL now 22. Yeah. And they've already yeah. like, mailed him down the river they're like well he sucks Levi's the guy it's like he's 22 years old people and he's like gonna find his game it's just we want it now we want amazon prime right now we want things in front of us now 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 and i it's goaltending it just doesn't work that way it's rare and it's it takes time well for for some reason like the last like three four years the the mentality's changed where it's like we got to go mark andre Fleury again this guy's gonna play in the league at 18 right it started with carter hart i think 
you know, Devin Levi, like there's other guys and there's exceptions to that ideology, but I think you're right. And you're the, you're the former goalie. Like there's nothing wrong with like overdoing it in the AHL and seasoning this guy and seasoning him and making sure he's ready for the league. Cause you know, I play fantasy hockey. I'm always weary to draft some of these younger goalies. Like Devin Levi is the guy I faded this year. He's already banged up. Like it could be injuries. Last year, Spencer Knight was the big story. Granted, a lot happened behind the scenes there, but still like he's been very inconsistent. It just shows you this is the cream of the crop. It's the best of the best. It's tough to have it every night and day, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think the the gap between like, you know, the a mid-range NHLer and a guy out of the American League, it's so small. It's mm-hmm. just a bottle, it's a bottleneck of guys, right? You have your guys, you know, your Vasilevskis, your Shesterkins, these guys that are stars, right? That are gonna be like, you know, 10, 15 year careers. But for the rest of the guys, it's it's pretty much just who can develop and who can find that consistency to be, you know, a great goalie throughout the whole run. Like you you look at some of these guys that have had like long careers, like even like Halak, who just was finishing up, like he wasn't ever like he had some really big years, but he was never anointed the guy. You just got to find that experience and niche where you can just, you can be on a bad team and you can still hold it together. You can be in a good team and be good. It's just finding that even keel. And I think it's so much more between the ears than it is like the actual physical attributes of like what goalies do, because for the most part, we're all fairly close, right? You, you start to mm-hmm. talk about like the, the market of it. I think it's more the ball in that, but I won't lie. I'm starting to see a lot of like Jack Campbell and what his undoing became in Toronto now with Ilya Samsonov. And I don't know if it's they're just letting him talk to the media too much and lost in translation because he's Russian and not from here. But I, all I can hear is like bitching and complaining and apologizing. Like, I know I'm just a fan. I don't want to hear anything about that. Either stop the puck or figure out ways to stop the puck. And now it's becoming a bigger and bigger story. Every time he starts, he goes to the media, apologize for this, apologize for that. Um, I, I know mentality. And, you know, I had a buddy who was drafted and a goalie in the, in the league. And, you know, they talked to shrinks and stuff like that. It's a tough, tough position to play. Like, I don't know anybody, uh, you know, uh, having kids, why they want their kid to be a goalie. You can speak to this. It, it's, I just don't like to see this from, for, from a guy like Ilya Samsonov. And it's getting louder and louder to me. Yeah, I think it's better to just deflect it totally away, right? Like exactly. You don't need to any and he makes these like kind of like witty half-assed remarks about getting his eyes being bad and all this stuff. It's just it's better to just not be involved in that. Just play, just like keep it to a minimum. I know you want more from interviews and we want more content. We want more, more, more always, right? But with goalies, it's a different animal. It's better to just like who knows how that's affecting them, right? And every time I talk to a younger goalie, my main advice is like to work on those skills, work on your like mental health and your like mm-hmm. how you manage it. I always felt like for me, I was never, I grew up in the age where it was like, we drink beer, we go out, we, you know, like you don't need a sports psychologist. That's for like the wimps. Right. And then as I got older and more mature, I was like, why am I not taking advantage of these resources? Like I go to the gym, I train like a dog. I go on the rink. This is just another thing to make me more bulletproof. Right. Where. I think the more now you can develop those skills early on and protect goalies in the American League or wherever they're at, it just ends up being a skill set they have long term, right? Where I think sometimes to the opposite effect, like Devin Levi, he has those, he's worked at it, but like this kid must be wound so tight. He's the savior in Buffalo for how many years has been waiting in the wings. Like this is it. Like it's got to have effect on everywhere you turn, you're talking about even Connor Bedard, right? There's, there's a lot of pressure on these young kids and it's tough. Yeah, Samson just he, he he seems fragile right now. And I don't know what it is. Like it always reminds me a lot of like when Mike Babcock l- used to lose his shit. Remember Garrett Sparks? 
had a bit of a tour with the Leafs and he would say a bit too much in the media and Bab just shut it down. Like, I don't know if they can even do this legally, but just, I don't know why Samsonov needs to talk to the media as much as he has been. Right. I just, uh, there's no win. And maybe again, maybe it's a loss in translation thing because of the culture and yeah, the passive aggressiveness. I think it just adds fuel to the fire. Every shit goal he lets in, it's just going to get worse, but he's just really, really fragile mentally. And like mental health is nothing to joke about, but he is fighting it right now. And this could, Get out of control quickly, in my opinion. Yeah, the game start piling up on you too, right? It starts yeah. to get a bit overwhelming because there's a state of flow you get into, right? Like even Sammy in the playoffs last year before he got hurt, it was like he was just rolling with it. It seemed like every game he was going, play, playing well. It's when things aren't going well is when you need it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need this help when things are going good. Everything's just smooth and you're flying. And so I think it's something you need to protect. I remember Garrett Sparks coming in. I think shut out his first start, right? Yeah. And I remember like he's a savior, right? He was the guy. Future. This is yeah. it. We got it. We finally got our guy. And then it fizzles out. Like you can only play on emotion so long. Like it's just not sustainable. You have to find a way, like a healthier alternative, even compartmentalizing the game where you're at the game and you have a big game that day. Sometimes I'd bring it home with me. Like, how do I pack it? How do I unpack it? How do I leave it at the rink where I'm just going to go be myself not an nhl goalie and then when i get to the rink yes there's a time to turn it on and right now it seems like for sammy it's snowballing right there's no chance that he's not reading something or someone saying something about him losing his job and joseph wall and toronto and him struggling and it just starts to like literally deteriorate who you are away from the rink as well i honestly think in this day and age huts it is impossible to stay away from the media like we all have phones algorithm is big you're on youtube you're on instagram a Leafs conversation will pop up. Hell, a conversation from this show likely would pop up somewhere in that room. That's why I don't buy when guys are like, yeah, I don't read the media. Like, you just, you can't get away from it now. And on top of that, I always wonder, like, the dynamics behind the scenes. Like, what would that, what would it be like right now between, like, a Wool and, like, a Samsonov? Not to have you speculate, but you've been in sort of environments like that. And how important is it for a guy like Wool, who's really, really, really green and young in this league, to sort of, nurse a guy like Samsonov who's played more games than him. I think he just supports him, right? Like it's never what I've always found. I think the most healthiest goalie pairs are ones that aren't really competing against each other. You're competing with yourself. Cause at the end of the day, you are right. Like yeah. I can't control, like if I'm Joseph wall, I can control if Sammy plays good or plays bad. All I can do is support him as a good teammate and hope for the best. Cause when I get my chance, I expect the same. You know, there's always that dynamic of like Russian versus North American, like the way they're going to handle it. But Sammy seems like he's a good guy. He seems like he's well-liked. And I think that would be the main goal, right? And, and you have a goalie coach. You have someone who can help deflect that. Um, but in the in the interim, it, it's tricky, right? Because yeah, I always used to think it was funny. Like I would lose a game and I would get like a text messages from, like, I get a text from like my wife and my dad. That's it, right? Like good game, blah, 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 whatever it was. I win a game. My phone's just like... Lighten up. So all of a sudden it's like people try to handle you with white gloves and it's very noticeable. So now it's like, maybe I'm avoiding the media, but maybe no one's really talking to me. They're all like, no one's scared to talk to me and they don't know how to handle me where it's like, man, it's just a game. Right. So I always Mm -hmm. found that a weird dynamic where it's like people almost treated me different if I didn't win a game or something. Not that they were trying to be like, you suck, but I don't want to say anything to him. Like he just lost. Dude, it, it's a mind fuck. Like I always bring up on the show, I played baseball growing up and there's times where like the ball looks like a beach ball and there are other times where it's like you can't hit a lick. You feel like nobody's there to support you. And, you know, mental health, not to keep bringing it back to that, but like I think it's so integral, the resources you mentioned, like guys take 
advantage of that type of, especially in goal. Like I, I think it's so hard to be a goalie in this market. And there's a reason why the last, uh, you know, goalie that we talk about that was brought up by the Leafs is like a Felix Potvet. Like it's it just so hard, right? And Tugarask is a name always brought up in this market as well. And they went with Pogi. We we all know how that story went up. But it's just like, it, it's so difficult to star as a goaltender because anytime you're good, they'll bring you down and vice versa. Yeah. And who knows? Like, it's always the shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? Or what was yeah. like, who knows what happens with Tuka Rask if he stays there, right? I know it's easy exactly. to sit there and look back on his career, but like, it could have been different. And being in the NHL in that market, it is something else, right? It, it is hard to, even as soon as you're drafted, it like, it begins, right? And it, even now, like you talked about, the only thing I really take positive out of this is like, we've really opened it up to mental health, right? Like, we're yeah. more open with it as a culture. And like, I think of like my old man, you know, like they didn't talk about mental health. Like, you know, he I was know. just an old school guy and it was just like, you're a man, be a man. Right. And I feel like I kind of was on the cusp of that growing up, like the way I played junior, the way I treated the game. If someone told me I was bad, I more had this like FU mentality. Fuck I'm going to like, yeah. I'm yeah. going to work harder, do more where it's like, maybe there is some other stuff outside of that. It's okay to talk to someone or be open. And, you know, just the way that the game is, it's, it's tricky. And, and especially being a goalie, right. Whether it's in Toronto or not in Toronto, but that adds a heck of a little more pressure, right, to, to try to deal with. Yeah, the pressure is massive, no doubt about that. And pressure is mounting huts as well on the back end, right? Uh, Lilligren goes down. I don't want to speculate. Look like maybe a bit of a shoulder. I think maybe we'll find out more from Lee's practice today. They're getting set to take on the Los Angeles Kings and host the LA Kings coming up on Halloween tomorrow. Uh, but William Lagas had made his debut there. And I didn't think he was that bad, 10:56, but. I think the depth is going to be tested every year. And that's why we talked about it at last year's deadline. They had nine different NHL defensemen. These guys will get banged up. And I'm curious to see who's going to step up here. Yeah. You know, like looking at like, obviously you hope it's not bad. We hope it's something we can manage. And and then with McCabe and Timmons out, it's, I just think like I played with Timmons in Arizona. He blew out his knee. It was the second time he mm-hmm. blew out his knee. I've played with McCabe in Buffalo for three years, always injured. Um, and he is a guy you need in the lineup, right? You need him healthy. So my concern is like the longevity of these injuries, right? Like, is it day to day or is it something that's going to prolong this and get worse? Cause when this, when the season starts, it starts rolling. Like it's hard to play catch up, right? You just don't get the time to not get back in the lineup and, and find your game and it, and it comes in waves. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. And uh, I think getting at home is going to be nice coming off that road trip stuff for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think one of the things I noticed the last couple of games, they've really been sheltering like a John Klingberg, but now you you can't do that with, with all the injuries, right? Yeah, he's got to play more minutes and, you know, does he get exposed on the back end, right? We all know what he can do with the puck and what he can do, you know, it's it's going to, you need him to play some shutdown minutes and he can, and you're relying on some guys that you have in the past. And I think that's where it's just the structure has got to come into play more, right? You can't just be relying yeah. on losing these guys. It's got to be in the way you play, right? The consistency and the ultimate goal is to be the best playoff team. And they have to find a way to defend because you know, they're going to score. We know that they keep proving it to, even though Martyr's off to a horrendous start, like we talked <laughs> about, <laughs> but you Terrible. know, it's, it's keep pucks out of your net, right? That's going to end up, you know, being the formula. It is. And Morgan Riley is the guy who's really stepped up, right? We talked about this last week on the show, but I, I, I think it's worth bringing up again. Like he is really taking on that number one defenseman role again. I thought there was obviously a blip last year in the regular season, probably a bit banged up. Great in the postseason and started off really, really hot, but he needs that support. Like that's been the evolving story with this team, especially in the Kyle Dubas era now with Brad Tree living. It's what's Tree living going to do to sort of add some depth in the back end, add some bite. They're missing that as well. Puck movers. 
Klingberg's been good at times and bad at times. And the power play, the first power play unit hasn't been as crisp the last couple games. And there will come a time where they put Riley back in that, in that position. And I want to see how Klingberg reacts, but I think it's a work in progress on the back end. And we expected this, right? Yeah, I think so too. Right. I, I think you, we forget, I don't know if we forget about it, but like how good Luke Shen was for the Leafs in the playoffs last year. And he's that yeah. big shut down, simple playoff D man where it's like, who's filling those shoes. Who's the guy that's going to play those hard minutes, those, you know, banging teams down low. And it's probably not the right way to word it, but we, uh, <laughs> no, but honestly, I agree. Claimer's got to step up and, you know, expose some more to it. And you got to fill holes, right? We know that there's going to be injuries. There's going to be more, there's going to be lots of different stuff that happens throughout a season. It's, it's finding that depth and, and what's going to be available come market time, because it's tricky as we get closer to the playoffs, guys like that are harder to come by and teams are going to charge you more because they don't want to give them up and they know you need them. Good news from practice, by the way. The Leafs just hitting the ice for their practice here today on this Monday. Uh, Timothy Lilligren on the ice for practice, of course, left the game with an upper body injury. So that, that's good news. And I know McCabe's trending towards a return. So, like, it feels like they dodged a bullet, right? And health is such a big thing in the NHL, especially on the back end. So that that's that's good news for this team, right? Because I think you start to lose one guy, two guys, and guys are playing up the lineup. They're playing in weird positions. Legison's playing, like, there's so many more dominoes, right? Yeah. I think it messes up the flow too, right? Yeah. When you have guys, when you have that domino effect guy, you know, guys are in and out of the lineup and you can't really get into that thing where you're finding the right structure all the time when every game there's two, three guys moving in and out because of injury, because of that um, is important, right? Especially guys that are going to be staples, right? McCabe, Lilgren, these are guys that are going to play when it matters. So the more reps they can get now as they were building that structure and building forward is going to be more important. And of course, the Leafs getting set for a three-game week. Uh, they're home to LA on Tuesday at Boston on Thursday. That should be a fun one. And the uh, Buffalo Sabres coming up on Saturday at Scotiabank Arena. This week's player to watch is presented by Covered Bridge Potato Chips uh, Huts. I'll go first. I'm looking at Tyler Bertuzzi because I think slowly but surely, starting to find his footing a bit here with the Maple Leafs, specifically in that line with Tavares and Nylander. They're starting to buzz a bit. So Tyler Bertuzzi is who I'm looking at this week, not to mention his return to Boston on Thursday night. Yeah, I like that pick. He's he's finding his game here. And for me, I, I don't have all these helmets behind me for nothing. So I got to go with a goalie. And I'm going with Joseph Wall. I want to see what he can do with this, right? He's kind of opened the door a little bit. He's kicked it open. And let's see what he can do. He's I think he's ready. I love him. I love his game. I'm jealous because I wish I was that good. I would have still been playing. And uh, it's exciting here. You know, he's going to get a chance at home now after a big road trip. And, and I think it'll be nice to see him, uh, you know, in the in the blues at home. I like it. Go to CoveredBridgeChips.com and follow on Instagram at CB underscore chips. Uh, Travis Houston writes in as well in the chat. Did Nick post his Halloween costume picture already? No, I'm going to wait for tomorrow because I was talking to Rosie about it on Friday and I did send it to Rosie. So we're going to wait for Halloween. I think you saw the picture, didn't you? Oh, I saw it and I loved it. We're going to wait for tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to unveil it tomorrow, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll break it down thoroughly coming up on tomorrow's show with Rosie back in the mix. I want to get his thoughts and everything. I know we had a long weekend, but yeah, looking forward to this one against LA. I, I do think it's a bit of a, it's hard to call it a trap game because LA is a wicked team, but dude, a five game road trip coming back from that. And on top of that, for some reason, if you go back and look at some games against LA the last couple of years in Toronto, it's been, they've been really, really weird and wacky games specifically at Scotiabank where the Kings come in, just, just, just destroy them for some reason. Yeah. I hope, I hope that extra day helps, you know, being able to have a practice day today before I always found those Saturday night road games on a long road trip. And then you fly Sunday game Monday. It's like mm -hmm. 
Monday, take the visiting team. I remember getting oh. my get my ass kicked so many times on those games. And those are usually the games that I get to start. They're like, yeah, good luck, Huts. Try to keep it under five. And I didn't, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even have to travel on Mondays. Just kill me. Like today, I'm just <laughs> battered and bruised from the weekend. Went to a Halloween party on Friday. Nevertheless, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Another weird schedule in the show this week. There's nine games today, I guess, because of Halloween tomorrow. So a couple games to look at, I think, from the Maple Leafs perspective. Um, obviously, what happens in the division, Boston and Florida getting together again. I wonder if the, the Bruins exact a bit of revenge after what happened last springtime where they had the Panthers on the ropes and the Panthers come back in that one. Uh, Blake Wheeler playing the New York Rangers tonight, or excuse me, playing the Winnipeg Jets for the first time. He's returning. Maybe you look at a point prop, although I do like the plus money with Winnipeg in that game. The Rangers have won four in a row. They're they're due for a clunker, I think. Yeah, I think so. And Wheeler's got zeros across the board, so maybe it's something to get him going here. And I, I, like the, I like the Bruins a lot at home tonight. I feel like everybody said they're done with Bergeron and Krejci gone. Oh, and so and this, is, this is just setting up well for, uh, I think this is going to be a statement game. And and I know it's just a Monday, but I'm telling you, Beantown, those fans are going to be all over the Panthers, right? I feel Dude, like it's it, going to be a hostile environment. It, it's so Boston where they lose Bergeron and Krejci and then they got like Matthew Fortress <laughs> now or whatever, yeah. how you pronounce his name. And it's like, oh God, like here's another guy who's going to be with this team for the next 15 years. Another game I'm looking forward to watching is uh, Bedard versus Cooley in Arizona. The top two uh, rookies we think are, are going to be sort of in the Calder conversation this season, squaring off at Mullet Arena in front of uh, like 4,600 people. So that's great to see. Uh, <laughs> Hutz, we'll leave it at that. Excellent stuff. Looking forward to the game on Tuesday here. Yeah, me too. I'm pumped and uh, obviously glad to jump on again and uh, chat with you and a lot of fun having me, buddy. We'll talk in a couple of weeks. That's my main man, Carter Hudden. Thank you to everybody in the chat. You were fantastic. So I will unveil the Halloween costume tomorrow. Went well, went really, really well, I thought, over the weekend on Friday at this Halloween party. But at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube, you can search us as well. Anywhere you get your podcast, just search Leafs Morning Take. Rosie, back in the mix tomorrow. Thank you very much as well to producer Aaron, everybody in the chat once again. I'm Nick Alberga. Talk on Tuesday. Take care. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.